Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut Podcast, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always wanted beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and I've got with me Brandon Cunningham. Say hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. (laughs) And we know we're not the reason why you guys tuned in, and the reason why you're tuning in right now is because we brought in Jackie Bledsoe from JackieBledsoe.com. I first came across Jackie when he was showcased by Michael Hyatt uh, through Platform University. I also follow Jackie because he has a website and a platform about healthy marriages based on biblical principles, and that just happens to be an area I am (laughs) kind of slightly particular towards. If you've been listening for a while, you might know I'm toning it down a bit. So uh, very glad to have you on, Jackie. How are you doing? I am great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. It is our pleasure. And thanks for squeezing us in because you've been on some shows like 700 Club and uh, some network television promoting your new book, Seven Rings of Marriage. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. I read the book. It's good. (laughs) Awesome. I've got to order it, but I've not read it yet, but I'm excited. Shame on you, Brandon. Shame. (laughs) Full disclosure. That's a new homework assignment for tonight, this week. There you go. All right, so just to break the ice and warm our audience up to you, Jackie, I, I wanted to throw a, an icebreaker question at you and probably throw it at Brandon, too, if, if that's okay with you. <laughs> I'm good with it. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, what's the worst thing you ever did? Go. No, I, I thought about asking that, and I was like, they won't answer. They won't answer. <laughs> so here we go. And this is going to be kind of a weird one because, Brandon, you're an associate pastor, no, administrative pastor. Associate. Associate. I had it right the first time? Uh, you had it right. I had it right go the first time. Go with gut. All right, so Brandon's an associate pastor at a church, a real functioning church. In fact, we're standing in it right now. And then, Jackie, you talk about biblical marriage principles. But just go with me on this one. Okay. So, for some weird reason, you both work for the mafia. Hmm. Pick whichever one you want, but you work for a mafia. What job would you have in the mafia? Wow, great question. Brandon, <laughs> I'm going to let you do that or answer that one first. I would, I would have to say I want to be in the, uh, in the New York mafia. I'm not sure what the exact name is, but I want to be the guy that's in charge of uh, making sure the food at the restaurant is really good. There's oh, always okay. a guy that like checks the food, makes sure that you know that they got all the food they want, and I want to be in charge like of the, the food. Like the equivalent of a royal tester or taster. I don't necessarily want to taste it for anybody. I just want to be in charge of ordering and stuff. Like wow. that. <laughs> all right. I don't know if I want to be in restaurants though, because every mafia movie I've watched, that's when yeah, they die. That's, that's true. <laughs> I guess so. All right, Jackie. Hopefully that bought you some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that rubs it. But it's funny. Um, you you mentioned that because. I am a huge mob movie fan. No way. So when, when you said that, I immediately started thinking of all my favorite movies. And I am a big fan of, I don't know if you guys have watched the, the movie Goodfellas. Oh, I love the Goodfellas. <laughs> I was just thinking of that one. And I'm a big sports fan. So about a year ago, I found out by watching ESPN's 30 for 30, one of those shows, that what happened in the movie was based on some real life events. And one of the major things was they were doing number or, or um, 
point shaving or uh, getting players to point shave games so they could win the the gambling with it. So that would probably be me is somehow uh. involved with this, the the bad end of the sports gaming and point shaving <laughs> and stuff like that. That awesome. is where all the money is, right? Right, right. <laughs> then I get to watch the game too and have some so, sort of a control over it, even though I'm not playing. So hey. boom, it's a win-win. And there you know you how go. it's going to end because that's pretty good. Oh, that is brilliant. Okay. I want to change my answer now. Wait a minute. No, you picked food. <laughs> you're you're the royal taster. Getting gunned That's down awesome. like the rest of them. <laughs> when you asked the question, and I, I, I thought the same thing, Jackie. My first thought was Goodfellas because I love that movie. That's my favorite one of all of them. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a challenge for me now. It's coming up with stupid questions like that yeah. in every episode. That's different. Um, thank you both for indulging me on that. Uh, so, other than mob movies, what exactly should we know about Jackie? Oh well. Are you asking Jackie? I'm, I'm, you asking I'm me? asking Jerry. Oh, you pop quizzed me. Oh man. Uh, well, I know he's married. Wonderful woman named <laughs> Stefana. He, he's been married. This you just celebrated your 15th anniversary, correct? We did. Yes. We did. Ah. So this like is last week. Uh, actually, one week ago it was the um, the 16th. Awesome. Well, Congratulations. So one week ago from when we're recording this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Because you guys are yeah time continuum be, stuff be five weeks ago when you're listening to this unless they're listening to it a year from now <laughs> that's so, true yeah because we're a podcast they've been married a while <laughs> we'll 15 move years <laughs> at the time we recorded this that's just what jackie said <laughs> <laughs> and, and so i remember i emailed back to jackie i was like hey no way we're right behind you guys and i guess we'll always be right behind you because we got married in november yep. of the same year so, awesome yeah. yeah good stuff Awesome. And then he's got three wonderful kids, a daughter, two boys. And um, I feel like I'm a little proud of them, too, because they play baseball. I played baseball. My son <laughs> plays baseball. I'm like, I'm so proud. And they're not even my boys. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that sports dad thing. You see other sports dads and their kids like, oh, man, that's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, you just came out with a book called The Seven Rings of Marriage. Uh, I've read it. And I'm I'm just going to dive into this question absolutely, and, and uh, skip the other question. So I'll let you follow up with that one later. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you get for handing me the mic. <laughs> and so seven rings of marriage. Uh, I remember there's the engagement ring, the wedding ring, discovering, uh, persevering. Oh, man. Uh, well, now you got to uh, name and, all seven. And the other three. Uh, <laughs> but the last one being mentoring. So there's oh, that. Yeah. So of the rings, uh, if you could tell us about each one of them without giving away the whole book because we do want people to buy your book it, it yeah. is a good book um so tell us a little bit about each of those rings and then which one do you think is the most important to build a solid foundation in a marriage yeah great question uh the engagement ring uh and i just say that that's the the beginning of course it's obvious it's an engagement ring but what's important during that stage is really setting a foundation because the foundation you set during the engagement ring will impact the rest of your marriage. So we don't always think of it when we're engaged, but that is very, very important. Uh, the next ring is the wedding ring, and that's really the commitment of coming together as one and really committing to that relationship as the second relationship, second most important relationship outside of the relationship with you and Christ. And it's really a covenant relationship. It's not a contract where <laughs> you do this and I do that. It's a covenant that no matter what you do, this is what I say I'm going to do as husband or as wife. Uh, the discovering, that's where you're coming. You know, you, you said I do and you're together and now you're merging your two lives and you find some surprises. You discover some things that uh, sometimes you might question like, man, did I make the right decision? <laughs> <laughs> and then you also learn things, discover things about yourself, which is really interesting. But it's that, it's that process that should be ongoing. But on an intentional level, we try to learn more about our spouse. And then the fourth ring is the persevering. 
And it's conveniently located right <laughs> in the middle of all seven rings. And it's really the fork in the road. Right. You know, that's where some couples choose not to stay in the marriage. Some couples choose to stay in a marriage. And you have some that kind of stay in, but they don't really work on the marriage and they're comfortable where they are, whether it's chaos or, you know, unhappiness or whatever it may be. So persevering, you got to push through and then the restoring. And then that is where, you know, the persevering, some stuff is broken, hearts are broken, feelings, marriage is broken. And now you've got to go about restoring this marriage, this relationship together. And that involves a lot of forgiveness during that stage. And then uh, the sixth ring is the prospering and sounds great. And yes, it is the prospering, (laughs) but it's you, you, you immediately think of happily ever after, but it's not always happily ever after. But you've learned, you've gone through stuff. So now you start to appreciate and choose joy in all circumstances. And you realize that even some of our biggest challenges uh, were some of the best times. So you see right. it differently than it was before. And then last but not least is the mentoring. And that's where you are sharing your life, your marriage, your story with either one couple couples once as you're speaking on stage writing books whatever it is but you are allowing god to use what he's done in your marriage to mentor and help other couples that's great i love the first one is engagement it's like if you don't build it on a good foundation the rest of them are really kind of pointless because you've not started it right yep Yep. you will struggle going throughout your marriage if you don't get that foundation right and and for somebody that's listening that says well okay but i've been married jackie for 5, 10, 15 years, and I didn't start it right, how do I get it right now? Is this book still something that would benefit them? Yeah, definitely. And that goes into our story. We did not start it right. So we started completely wrong and completely the opposite of what we teach couples today. So we are the example (laughs) that it's okay to start it wrong. And I think that is one of the things that is uh, people have really gravitated towards the book and the message is that Jackie and Stefana didn't start this thing right, but look, here's where they are today. And it's, you know, by God's grace, but also us doing some intentional things. So each ring, you will, uh, if you look at it and find out what the rings are, you will, you will identify more with one ring at a particular season, but there are pieces from each ring that you can apply and you want to continue doing throughout your relationship. That's really good. I, I love, you know, as, as a pastor, this is really important. And I know you've faced this, especially in this ministry of just being authentic and showing, you know, we didn't do this right. Uh, I, I don't have a perfect marriage and I didn't start it right, but I'm intentionally building on it each and every day. And I think that applies to almost anything that you do. If you, you know, maybe you didn't start your career, your life, or maybe you haven't been the perfect parent, but there's things you can do at this point to build into it and make it better. Don't give up yet. Yep. Yep. Keep growing. Keep, keep learning from those mistakes, get help, whatever is necessary, but keep trying to grow and get better at that. So what drew you into this? What, what made you say, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to somehow be a successful writer and, uh, ministry into marriage and, and help people build stronger marriages. Yeah, it it was uh, by circumstance. It was nothing that I set out to do, nothing I ever thought I would do. I did not enjoy English class uh, at any level. <laughs> Wasn't a big reader, didn't go to the library until I got uh, until I was an adult. I spent more time in the library as an adult than I did as a student at all levels. So <laughs> writing was a punishment, not a career. Yeah. I can relate to that because I almost failed eighth grade because I didn't want to give an oral report. That was 40 percent of my English grade. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it wasn't anything that was on my radar, but uh, I lo- it started out as I lost a job in 2010. And then after I lost that job, uh, this is the second job I had lost. And the first one was kind of devastating for us financially. So I was like, I'm 
kind of done with corporate America. We had owned our own business before. So I kind of looked around and saw people were earning a living uh, online. So I was like, great, let me try that. It's flexible. Um, I, and I've always wanted to work in a, a situation where I could spend more time with my family. So I started a business after I, at first, uh, after I lost my job and the business failed. We spent more time starting the business than we were in business. We had two customers mm-hmm. and they were both friends of ours. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't really qualify as customers. Mm-hmm. They qualify as, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do you a favor. But, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so that was hard. And you know, I didn't want to give up, so I kind of looked and said, okay, what? there are people successful at this. Well, what am I doing wrong? What What did I do wrong? And I realized that um, I didn't have a platform. You know, and that's before Michael Hyatt's book came out and everybody started mentioning the word and we understand what it is, but I just realized that uh, a platform was a blog. So I started a blog and that was kind of just me feeling out what I could do online. And then I, since I was struggling, job loss, you know, family struggling, marriage was, you know, a little bit rocky. And um, then a, a business failure, I was hurting right. as husband, as father, and just the provider and leader of our family. So that's what I began to write about. You know, I began to write about the struggles that I'm going through and how I'm overcoming them. And the ones that I wrote in the lens of a hus- at, through the lens of a husband in relationship with my wife or through the lens of a father relationship with my kids were the ones that people really gravitated to. So I just started writing and kept writing. I had a, found a writing mentor, and he challenged me to write uh, publish something new on my blog every day for a year straight. Wow. And I accepted that challenge. I did not make it. I didn't come close, <laughs> but I, I did do about two months or more straight. And that was invaluable. It gave me content that a new blogger doesn't have. So I had way more content than anybody did after, you know, three or four months into writing. And it gave me exposure and that opened the door for other people to see my writing, then go back and say, hey, he's got a lot of content and it built my writing muscle. And then from there, you know, I just kind of kept writing and developing it. And everyone seemed to gravitate towards what I talked about in my marriage relationship, what I talked about as a father. And that just continued to grow. God opened doors to write for other sites and so on and so on. I love that because um, that part where you you took a challenge that was out of your comfort zone. You you didn't think you could do it, but you were willing to take the challenge. You failed at it, but you didn't fail at the bigger picture because just because you didn't do it didn't mean you didn't take something from it. So you took that two months and you were able to work off of that and build something great. I think the lesson there for the people that are listening is even though you may be facing failure today it's momentary failure unless you don't get back up again yep yep and a lot of times even in goals you know it's really the 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 growth and the journey to reach that goal that we get out that is the most valuable yes it's value it's exciting to reach your goal and that achievement but what you become in the process of striving for that is something great stay with us we'll be right back and now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Uh, One thing that 
because I, I read his blog, subscribe <laughs> to it. Uh, I think a big part of why people are drawn to your articles of marriage and, and fatherhood is you really put your passion through that. You know, it, you show your vulnerability. You show this is what the standard is I'm striving for. This is where I've met those standards. This is where I've fallen short. It, it's been real. And I mean, that's, that's why I definitely had to have you on the show. And I just, I'm just going to fanboy here for a little bit more and then I'm kidding. <laughs> and it back to Brandon. <laughs> I think one of the things, and I started reading your blog recently too. And I, for me, there is so much content out there in the world. When you find something that's authentic, you, you can tell it, you know, whether it's food or, or, or something, people, you can just like, I, I, I sense this is authentic. This is the real Jackie. It's not who you want to be online. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that, that was, it's, it's ironic in a sense, because when uh, my wife and I were dating and friends, uh, before marriage, she used to call me Mr. Mysterious and (laughs) (laughs) she would call me Mr. Mysterious because I didn't reveal much. You know, she couldn't tell what I was feeling, thinking, uh, and it felt like I was always holding something back. So now here we are, you know, full circle and, you know, everything is an open book and it's in a sense, it's really kind of freeing. Where it's just like you could just be you, and you know, going back to my wife, she when uh, Jerry, we talked about the Michael Hyatt uh, platform feature. I was that was the first really big interview that I'd had. I'd done a podcast interview or two before, but I was nervous about that. So we had to drive down to Nashville, and I was nervous. And my wife was just like, "Babe, just be who you are. Just be yourself, and answer the questions that they ask you, and let it, and let God take care of the rest." Because I was worried about, okay, this is Michael Hyatt. You know, right. <laughs> you know, I got to say the right things. I got to appear like I got it together. And then she was like, no, you don't just be you and all your messed up brokenness, whatever it is, right. just be honest and be you. And that came forth. And ever since then, I've been doing the same thing. And I was just so freeing um, that, you know, I didn't even tell her I was nervous. She just sensed right. it and just like, that's what you need to do. That's incredible. I, I can't imagine, you know, that I'm, Obviously, never, you know, Michael's free to call me if he wants to, but he hasn't yet. But I would be the same way because you're just like, wait, he's going to hear me and then he's going to say, yeah, we really couldn't use that podcast. There wasn't anything in there I want to publish with my name on it. You know, and you just start killing yourself in your head. But it's a great point that you, you know, you really used your, uh, quote unquote weaknesses and the things that you were not mis- you know, you were mysterious. You weren't authentic. You weren't uh, a writer. You weren't somebody who share with the world and, and God really used those things to build your platform. You know, he gave you a voice because of everything you thought you weren't any good at. Yeah. You know, I go through and, and you know, the, the people we look at, the Bible stories are written about everybody he used, you know, is just messed up in some degree. Right. You know, you, you, Moses, he doesn't want to talk because he, he stuttered, so he's complaining about that Gideon. Um, David didn't even get called out of the field when he was looking for the next king. You know, like, he's not even worthy. Just leave him out there. Let him stay with the sheep. Yeah. You know, all this stuff, we've, we've all got these issues, and then that's where God shows up in an amazing way, and, and I love it because it keeps you humble and you know that it's not you. And then everybody else knows, oh, it's not because he's so great. Right. You know, and that, that's what I love about it. It's like, you know, I can't come and tell you A, B, C, D, this is exactly how it's going to go. And this is what works and doesn't work. But here's my story. Here's how God played a part in it. And here's the little part that I did. And that's humbling, but also really just, you know, refreshing and exciting to see how he works like that. And that would be my advice for people that are listening. That's like, but you don't understand my situation. And it's like, you don't have to 
be good at it. You just have to be obedient with it. Do something. You can write a blog post. And and I'm sure those two or three months of blog posts every day, most of which probably weren't that good. I'm just kind of going out on a limb here. That Pretty pretty much all of them weren't that good. You were were (laughs) writing to get that check in the box, you know. But it's it's through that process, like you said. It's going through the motions. It's like football or baseball or anything else. It's the practice. It's the the rhythm and the routine that gets you good at the game. It's not the game, you know. that's where the the real true uh, winners are made is off the field, not on the field. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's funny because um, you know we used to the business that we were in, we were in real estate, and we were real estate investors, so we would buy houses that were you know broken down, you know something was wrong with them, deferred maintenance, and we would buy them from the bank, and then we would uh, hire crew to to rehab them, and and then. Uh, rent them out or something like that. But I spent a ton of time looking at houses. So I drove neighborhoods physically and looked at hundreds of houses probably on a daily basis. Um, Online as well. I searched online and it got to the point where I couldn't drive through any neighborhood without seeing it through the lens of a real estate investor. So I looked at these neighborhoods as different than just the neighborhood that I'm riding through. So then we get out of the business. We've been out, you know, almost 10 years and now I ride through a neighborhood. I don't see anything. I see it completely (laughs) different. But the same thing happened with my writing is through writing so much, I began to see everything through a different lens uh, because I needed to write content. So everything, there was a lesson in it. And I started to spot that. Um, but it's like when we do these things consistently over time, there's a muscle that develops, there's a skill that develops. And, you know, that was my part. It's just showing up every day. And like uh, <laughs> Jeff Going says, is, you know, you got to sit down, put your fingers on the keyboard and type. And sometimes right. I had to do that. And I didn't know what was going to come out. And I had to sometimes ship things that I weren't, you know, I wasn't really excited about or proud of, but I did it. Along the same lines of um, talking about the writing muscle and consistently doing that over time. And then all of a sudden that's how you see the world uh, steering it back towards quality of marriage relationships. Um, what are some things that men can do to, I guess, sharpen or hone in their I don't want to say marriage muscle cause that's going to sound so wrong and, <laughs> Um, I think men and women can do to to make their marriage stronger. Yeah, not get into that marriage rut. You know, when they hit that fork in the road, like you said earlier, where they could call it quits, they can persevere, or they can say, okay, we'll just stay in a loveless marriage. How do they, I guess, exercise on a regular basis to always choose to persevere and strengthen their marriage? Yeah, uh, I'll speak from our experience of some of the biggest challenges that we had one you know relationally is communication and i think that is a big challenge for many marriages is just the ability to communicate or the willingness to communicate and that is a muscle that can be built up too and what i like to say is we have to have those hard conversations we have to address the things that we want to because in our marriage the breakdown came because i didn't want to address anything that was potentially leading to conflict <laughs> Yep. So I wouldn't talk about it and I'd leave it. And then inside it would build up. And then finally, when I did bring it out, you know, it, she might be do one little small thing, but it triggered all those other things that I hadn't addressed yet. So right. you have to build that muscle up by having the conversation. And it may be tough, tough conversations and quicker, uh, sooner than later and to build that muscle up. So you do small conversation or challenging conversation here. Now, the next time something comes up like that, you're able to do it again or you try to do it again and you get better at it. So now when you get the major, major issues, hopefully you don't get there because you've addressed them through communication. But when you get there, you've built up the 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 muscle of 
having a conversation that could potentially lead to conflict and you've built it up where you can do it in a way that is respectful. Um, you can communicate the truth in love and you can do it in an understanding way as well for both sides. But it's a muscle that we have to build up. And I think that as men, sometimes we would rather just leave that alone. We'd rather not pick up that weight. We'd, we'll choose to pick yeah. up another weight, but not that weight. Exactly. We'll compartmentalize. We'll, we'll work around yeah. it or something. And I, I've gone through something similar with like money talks with Olivia. Mm-hmm. So I remember somebody saying that personal relationships will succeed or fail gradually than suddenly. So oh, yeah. yeah, when you avoid those conversations gradually over time, that, that just builds up and all of a sudden suddenly yeah. Things, yeah. So. And, and Jackie, I don't, I don't know if this is part of what you deal with, but I, I was just reminded of a conversation I had this morning with a, a friend of mine in, in a, the men's group. He was saying that his his kids are almost gone. The last one is leaving, uh, in his words, hopefully soon, but uh, they'll be empty nesters. And so he and his wife are a little worried about that because they've gone 25 years i think or 26 years Mm -hmm. and now they're about to have no kids and nothing to really kind of focus on what would be your best advice for the a couple like that yeah uh, i i read the statistic that say most divorces happen um within the first four years and after year 25 and that's just what you mentioned empty nesters so now they're living this life that has been built around their kids and now they're alone and they don't they don't have that relationship so and we fight that challenge on a regular basis we have three children who are all very very active in different uh, activities we're homeschooled so that means you know everything that we do is not necessarily in our community we have to go places to get the engagement and get the uh, interaction that we want for them so to a degree our life functions a lot around our kids and it's a big concern for my wife you know something that we we talk about is that when they leave you know have we built our life around them so much that we don't have the relationship so practically that is the big thing for us is date night and we weren't dating for yes. a period of time in our in our marriage and that is one way you continue to build that relationship and we talk about i i got I have this resource I'll share it with your audience uh, through a link later it's i call it date night foreplay and date night foreplay is basically um, you know, use the, the reference of sex. Foreplay is going to make sex better for both people. So date night foreplay is going to make the date night better for both people. And all right. it is is a series of smaller interactions leading up to a date. Because when we got back to dating, we'd have a date once a week, once a month, whatever it was. And we hadn't really connected up until that point. So it's kind of like sex with no foreplay. You're just jumping <laughs> in. It's like, okay, we're going to do it. But uh, we haven't built up to this point. So now you do the date night foreplay and it's just small interactions over time. And, you know, we say quantity time leads to quality time. So spending more small time together, whether that's a walk, whether that's 15 minutes a day, closing the door away from your kids. We have parent meetings where we we close our door (laughs) and the kids know that the door is closed and they're not allowed to come unless somebody's broken, bleeding and 911 can't help them. And then they can come and get us. But you got to get those small interactions, again, building the communication muscle up. But consistent date nights, consistent time together and really focusing on your make it a a marriage centered household versus a kid centric household. And that gives you a much better chance of empty nesting. And I know you versus, okay, who are you when we're not taking Jackson or Joshua or JCS, our three kids to one of their activities? I know you because we spent time alone. I love that because it, and, and I would probably take it that step forward. If you're already at that emptiness thing, start dating like you're getting married, start that engagement all over again and, and do the, you know, the, you, my wife and I, we send text messages to each other all day and, and, and that kind of thing, that little flirting that way to me just makes when we do see each other that much more exciting. 
Yep, yep, yep. We um we we were speaking uh, last year and we uh, opened it up to the audience when in this uh, we did the date night foreplay talk as one of our talks and we opened it up to the audience to share ideas and this is I had to share this one I love it um a, a audience member shared something called Little Valentino and Little Valentino is basically like a little stuffed animal for them it was a heart shaped stuffed animal with arms and legs and they would use Little Valentino to let the husband or wife know that they were thinking and pray about praying about them so husband's getting ready to go on a trip. Wife goes and gets a little Valentino, prays over him, and puts it in his suitcase. When he gets on his trip, he opens it up and knows she's been praying for him. Right. Uh, and vice versa. She, she's a runner. He puts, he prays and leaves it next to her running shoes. So when she grabs her running shoes, he's been praying. But any little interaction doesn't have to be the major things. Yes, right. retreats and getaways and vacations are great. But those are going to be awkward if you don't do the little bitty interaction leading up to it. That, that's really good. My wife and I do that. She travels a lot. So uh, she and I don't travel a whole lot. So she'll leave little note cards for me around the house. I'll pull out my uh, shirt to get ready for work and a card will fall out of it that she's written. And I'll stuff notes down in her suitcase. So when she gets to the hotel, she finds stuff. And one of my favorite ones recently she left for two weeks and she usually is only gone for a few days but this was a longer trip and she had left these notes all around the house i literally found the last one about two days before she came home and that was a lot of fun to just see where she had hidden them yeah that is awesome i love that we had done something similar like that for live and the, the whole family was in on it so not just me but of course you know the notes i left were a little bit racy well, I, I wouldn't go there because, I mean, there was always the potential my kids would find them. So yeah, That's true. Uh, that's always fun when one of them, so. mine are older now, so they're like, really? That's gross. <laughs> and uh, She still has the notes, though. I think that's, you know, it, it's binder clipped together and it's sitting on her mm-hmm. bookcase. And I think, wow, that's so cool that after all those years, that's still there. And I, I will take that a step forward uh, on the notes is if you leave a note for your for your wife or husband that you're praying for them, pray for them. You should be praying for them every day, and I won't turn this into a whole sermon, but uh, wives, you should pray for your husbands. That's totally uh, something you should be doing. But men, I'll call you out. We're called to pray for our wives. You should be praying for your wife, and if you're not praying for your wife, start today. Pray with her if you absolutely can. I'm, I'm still fascinated some men can't do this, but at least pray for your wife and your kids. That Yeah. That's non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, and that that kind of goes without saying, but we I think it is you do have to say that because uh, <laughs> not everybody does that, and, and it's crucial. You know, it's, it's it's been a game changer in our marriage, uh, especially when we are consistently praying and coming together like that. We all areas of our life are impacted, and we see it. So you know, we get in a rut. We're not perfect, so we're every once in a while we're in a rut, and we're like, man, what's and when we kind of look up, and you're like, hindsight's like, well. We haven't been praying together. <laughs> we haven't been praying for one another. Uh, no, now we know why. What's going on? Exactly. I had a question and I just totally <laughs> went blank right now. <laughs> this is when I wished we had video on because you could have seen him just freeze up. <laughs> what? Stage fright? No, no. I, it was a good question. I promise. Uh, <laughs> It'll okay. come back to you. So I guess to recap, we've talked about uh, the seven rings of marriage. Uh, which one of those would be the most important, but I guess that, that depends on which season in life you're in. We talked about the importance of date night. Um, I think it was aiming around. Oh, I know what it was. I wanted to ask one question and I looked down at my notes and I saw the other question and it's like, (laughs) now I got to pick one and I I take forever to pick one. Um, but I I think around the, the, so I'm going to ditch the one I wrote. So let me stop looking at that one and go with the second question. Uh, And so, 
when it comes to fatherhood, because you're a father of three, what is the benefit to them that you have a home that is more marriage centric than kid centric? Because I, I know a lot of parents who feel guilty that they think about the marriage relationship over the kids. It's about the kids. It's about the kids. So why, what's in it for them that your marriage relationship is strong and solid? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, I wrote a post on my on my blog about um, one of the greatest gifts you can give to your children is to love their mother. And mm-hmm. when you do that, it one, it's a sense of security. Is that when mom and dad are together, mom and dad, things are going well. That gives them the security that okay, I am loved, I am cared for. Nothing's going to happen, which is not going to have which is not going to leave me here with mom and dad. It shows that it teaches them how to love as well, and. When you are loving one another like that, you're going to relate to your kids better, too. So it teaches them two or three, I guess, is that the marriage priority is number one. Right. And when you set that standard, you you don't completely avoid it. But kids are smart and they know how to play mom against dad. (laughs) But when they know mom and dad are together and mom and dad are one. It's going to be harder to break that. They may sneak in there every once in a while and get something in through you that that you weren't aware of. But it is a stronger foundation for the entire family and they see it. And it's just a level of comfort. You know, when my wife and I are having problems, our our kids can see it, you know, at age six, even younger than that, at age 10, at age 15, they can see it and they can feel it. And we can see it in their relationship uh, with one another and with us. So seeing mom and dad together is like the biggest security blanket that they can have. And seeing how mom and dad love one another teaches them how to love and how to relate to one another. So for our daughter, she sees how a, a man or a boy should relate to her. For right. our boys, they see how they should relate to women and vice versa for both. That's good. And and if you're not currently married to you, the mother of your children, don't talk bad about her or him, right. depending on how yeah. whatever situation you're in. Speak life into that because that's their mom or dad. So yeah, maybe you, you don't have that yet, but you can build on it. Yeah, and that yeah, parents and a part of them. You can still love yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, you can still love them. It's just not the way you know. It's a different love. You're, you're, it's not the love, the re, the right. uh, relational love that you would have with your wife. Uh, but you can still love them in the way you talk to them, speak to them in love, mm-hmm. speak the truth in love, all of that stuff. So be patient with them, be kind to them, be gentle with them, all those things. It's it, so don't think, oh, I'm not married, so that doesn't apply to me. Right, no, it does apply to you. Absolutely. Well, it's like you said, she needs to know what kind of husband to look for and they need to know what kind of husband to be and wife to be. And if if you're mean to the ex and you treat her like that or him like that, that's what they learn, good or bad. That's what you're teaching them. So you want to teach them the right way. Right. That's good stuff, Jake. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So. Before we, uh, well, I guess as we wrap up, uh, any final words of advice you'd like to give our listeners? Final words of advice. Great question. Um, I, I would say it's just continue. Uh, this is uh, this is from the Seven Rings of Mirrors. Uh, go to the discovering is, um, you know, it's about learning new things about your spouse and never give up on that. And we that, that naturally happens when you first come together. You see all the new things. You're living together. See how they live. You see your spouse with uh, without makeup on. You know your wife without makeup on. You see him and how he sometimes doesn't always smell great and <laughs> he, you know, all those things. But be intentional about being a lifelong learner of your spouse. So make your spouse one of your major studies and study them. What makes them tick? What they like? What they don't like? 
uh, how you can best serve them and do that ongoing. And I think that is another one of those things that is relationally will help you down the line when you're empty nesters, because when you start to study something, um, you're going to discover some bad things, but you're also going to see some things and you're going to be able to appreciate him or her in a new light ongoing. And it's exciting to you uh, to do that, to study anything, because the more you learn, the more you want to learn about it. And that goes with any subject that we do. Great. And again, Jackie, he's written the book, Seven Rings of Marriage. If you don't have a copy yet, go to Amazon. Uh, in fact, we'll put the link for that book in the show notes. Good read. And it's solid, solid information. Uh, Jackie, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I've enjoyed it. But just a quick, uh, you know, welcome to the show. We've got Jackie Bledsoe. This is why he's awesome. And then (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll go into the, the format from there. And uh, here we go. And <clears throat> sorry, I'm excited now. This is like this is Jackie Radio Bledsoe, voice. man. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Brandon over dinner, I'm like I first saw this guy when he was showcased by Michael Hyatt, and so, yeah, yeah, you're you're a celebrity in my book. Here, I'll I'll try to keep it calm here. Okay, no, that's that is cool. <laughs> okay. Brandon's like Jerry, get serious. No, I'm kidding. No, he's not telling me that at all. Okay, here we go in three. Two, one. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.